Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Tracy Belt, and today on Housing Wire Daily, I'm joined by senior real estate reporter Matthew Blake. We're talking about the trends in NAR's realtor membership, recent real estate brokerage layoffs, and how important technology is to agents. Can an excellent tech platform really make the difference between an agent staying or leaving their brokerage? We find out. So welcome, Matt. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Tracy. Yeah, so I want to start out, I know that the National Association of Realtors recently um, put out their member profile, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, A couple of little things that I thought were funny is that only 96% of realtors are using a smartphone. So I'm curious what those other 4% are using. Um, But why don't you talk to me a little bit about the study and some of the interesting things that you found in it? Yeah, so I've just started to go over that study. Um, I have not gotten to the part about the smartphones. I'm interested to see sort of um, sort of statistics regarding landlines or snail mail or anything else that may emanate from this report. But it does show that 2021 was a real banner year for real estate. Again, sort of, I think, hammers that home, the income for the average real estate agent, or excuse me, the median real estate agent increased uh, pretty significantly to over $50,000 a year. The average number of transaction sides um, was 12, which is pretty high when you think about the fact that a lot of real estate agents do this, you know, very part-time, very sort of as, as a side business. So the fact that the average real estate agent is, is still doing 12 sales a year with like a transaction volume of over $2 million gives you a sense as to, um, you know, how strong, historically strong the market was in 2021. And then also, I just think that, again, the fact that there are so many uh, real estate agents in the country, I think off the top of my head, it said about 1.6 million. And so... You know, there are 300 million people in the U.S. I'm not quite sure what the labor force population is, but I think it's safe to say that about like one in 100 like U.S. workers is a real estate agent. So it's like one of the most, you know, common professions in in the country. And, and it's just becoming, you know, more and more so, which is great for the National Association of Realtors because they get dues from every one of these people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did see some of the uh, personal income, and it's really no surprise that um, the you know twenty nine percent of the people who earned one hundred and fifty thousand or more were had sixteen years or more in the business. They were also the oldest people in the survey. Um, but I did see that of two years and less, it seemed like the median age um, is thirty nine or younger. So I'm wondering if the incoming agents are. Uh, you know, I don't know how that compares to last year. So I'm wondering if the incoming agents are getting younger and younger. I certainly noticed that at the gathering of Eagles this year, we had um, a lot more uh, younger leaders than we've had in the past, and that was that was um, really interesting to see. Yeah, that is interesting. Why? Why do you think that that might be, or is it just sort of 
Um, because I remember from the, the survey last year, the median age of, a, of an agent was, was 56 years old. So. so it looks like it's gone down some to 53 years old. Um, so, so it has gotten younger. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It still says 56 years old. Um, I was looking at the, the, um, you know, an average, uh, for, uh, for females, but, you know, I, I'm not, to me, real estate is one of those entrepreneurial businesses that, that younger people can get into and make a lot of money. Um, but it takes a lot of money to actually start the business. So uh, I'm wondering if because of the different options and brokerage models out there, they, they have a little bit of a, um, you know, better choice for choosing an office where they can earn, you know, say 100% of their commission or only pay a transaction fee um, to really give them a jump start in the business. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I think that the influx of newer brokerages is probably ultimately helpful to agents in giving them choices. I mean, we write constantly about brokerages like Compass Inside on more of the high end with, you know, favorable splits and then sort of maybe the folks that maybe were more at the gathering of the Eagles. Like I think the United had a, had a presence there, right? I mean, those kind of brokerages that, you know, where the agent, you know, if the agent does well, you know, they're not paying very much of the brokerage for each transaction. And I just think that there's so much visibility right now given to the real estate economy. So much of the huge macroeconomic decisions that are being made in our country that are being debated over, agonized over, you know, go back to real estate right now and go back to the fact that there's been so much inflation in, in price and and sort of the nexus between price and interest rates. Like it, it's just a, it's a profession where, you know, if, if you're, like you said, if you're a young person, if you're a young entrepreneur, it could be seen as almost as promising as a way to, um, you know, make money than say the stock market. And you see that both in like more people becoming real estate agents, but also, you know, the increase in investors who, who are owning real estate properties nationally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, the gathering of Eagles, the best part about that is that it's a, a mix of all different business models. So while United had, a, 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 you know, some of the flat fee companies had a presence there, we had a lot of traditional, we had Redfin, um, you know, we had a lot of different business models represented in the audience. So um, it was a good cross section of, of models to get to know uh, some of their leaders and, and get to know what they're working on. So. Um, and that kind of leads me into my next question. What are you seeing out there in the market? Um, it looks like housing inventory has ticked up a bit, um, but it really, it's not made huge strides. Um, you know, what are you seeing out there? I think that it's it's pretty um, nerve wracking right now is, I mean, qualitatively, I mean, like quantitatively, we're seeing pending home sales, you know, are declining, new home sales are declining. Inventory is going up a little bit, but I think that, you know, the reason inventory is going up is not so much because that, you know, homes are being built and being brought onto the market. It's not like the supply is going up. It's that the demand is going down because people are being 
priced out of the market. So I think what is happening now is really, I think, sort of an unknown. People want to compare it to the 2009 situation, but it's pretty different from that. It's kind of a new market where maybe prices will go down. This company, Home LLC, they published a report today about sort of these are the markets where prices might go down. They looked at like Boise, Austin, Texas. But like, I think that there's just a lot of unknown right now. And I think that a lot of agents are nervous about sort of that their clients are getting priced out of properties. And a lot of brokerages are pivoting right now. We see layoffs happening right now in brokerages and, and we see brokerages kind of retrenching office space closings, I'm, I'm sure will continue to happen. So I think it's a period of real uncertainty. And I think until kind of interest rates level off, or, you know, kind of, we have a better sense whether or not we're going into a recession. It's just kind of a time where, where a lot of agents are taking a wait and see approach and a lot of brokerages are taking cost cutting measures. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, according to some of the experts, like I I know Larry Kendall was um, spoke at our recent event, you know, taking a a seat and kind of waiting it out is not the tactic that agents or brokers should take at this point. Um, Generally, these types of markets allow for them to gain market share if they play their cards right. And that was a big theme. Um, Kind of what are you educating your agents on right now? Because I don't know. There were varying um, percentages, but I know Larry was asking all of his groups of agents at the Ninja installations, um, you know, what percentage of them had entered the business since 2010. And it's been over half in some cases for some of his audiences. So they've never been through, um, you know, the, the, Hits of the market that happened during the the Great Recession. They were kind of starting when we were, you know, beginning to move out of that. So one of the things that was recommended is to get to know some of the loan options out there. Um, you know, ARMS and FHA and VA loans that might be assumable, so that those interest rates, um, you know, they they don't they can assume the the loan at lower interest rates going forward. Um, what are some things that that you're hearing agents are or brokers are doing to kind of manage in this in this market and and really, like I said, gain market share? Well, I think that's I mean that's for one thing that's pretty interesting because you had a situation for the past year where like for real estate agents, you know, mortgage wasn't really like something that they had to think about because it was a situation where the in, the rates on like the 30 year mortgages were really low. And, and and so, you know, they just didn't, you know, have to sort of, the consultation was basically here, let me refer you to whomever and they can give you the 3% 30 year mortgage. I mean, I think that right now, I mean, a lot of this sort of trend still is cash buying. I think that you still have these companies, obviously some of them, have announced layoffs and, and 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 cutbacks, but you have these companies that are basically providing bridge loans for homeowners to uh, or potential homeowners to buy a home with cash, and then you have you know situations where 
you know, somebody might already own a home, then buys a second home with cash. And there's just sort of the Phoenix market. We did a, a, a profile of a couple of weeks ago. There's an increase of over 30%, I believe, are cash home buyers. And, and so I think that sort of these programs that allow people to either buy the home with cash, you know, through a loan, that's something different from a mortgage loan, or, you know, one of these adjustable rate mortgages, I, I, I suppose, if, you know, that was kind of a message to, to agents at the gather, gathering of the Eagles. I think that once you get into sort of adjustable rate mortgages, I think that there is a nervousness that, you know, the people that I talk to have about sort of like, when are we kind of getting back into, you know, lending products that are like, you know, irresponsible or lending products that like put my client into like debt or into like a personal financial situation that maybe they're not totally aware of. Like, um, you know, I think that there's a reason why for the last like 10 years, there's been these incredibly, I guess, as they call them, like vanilla loan products. And I think that if you're moving into that territory right now, um, it can be nerve wracking. One thing more agents are doing now, I suppose. I mean, my colleague Brooklyn Han and I have done some reporting on, on home building. And one thing is, is that there's still a backlog of homes that have been ordered and not built yet. Home builders have basically been turning away real estate agents for the past couple of years saying, we don't really need you. The demand is so high. We don't need you to find us clients, but that could change. Um, you know, I think that the other, I think that if you're in a higher end market, things aren't as pronounced because there might not be as much of a focus on mortgage. But again, it's a, it's a real time of kind of, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think that there's been an answer so far. So far, I mean, maybe on the agent level, there has been on the brokerage level it's been layoffs or it's been statements that like, we're going to stay the course. It's, there's not really like a strategy going forward. It, at least that I haven't seen, at least it hasn't been publicly announced as to sort of like how to deal with this new market. Yeah. So let's talk about those layoffs because you recently did a story on Remax uh, laying off 17% of their staff. Some of that it looks like was related to um, they they stopped using Bouge, um, which is a company they purchased a couple of years ago, I think, and and have decided to move to KV Core, which is instead of building their own in-house technology platform, they've now decided to go outside, um, which is kind of moving away from the trend that a lot of these franchise um, or national networks have have done, which is to build their own. So talk to me a little bit about the Remax situation and what you've learned um, from them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that they kind of are making a turn that's a little different from elsewhere because I think elsewhere you have a situation with, um, sorry, I have Compass on my mind because I've been writing all about their tech for a story that should appear this week on Real Trends. But basically there's a situation where a lot of brokerages are sort of showing their like tech, but you know, bona fides or something by the fact that they're building the tech in house and Remax was part of that. Compass was, is obviously part of that. Remax was part of that. They acquired the Bouge platform, I think four years ago. 
they acquired a couple of other uh, tech companies, I guess, um, around that time. They created an app for their agents to use from the Booch platform that's that's in-house. And so now what they're doing, according to an announcement they made on Thursday, on Friday, I spoke with Nick Bailey, who's the president of Remax LLC. And what they're basically doing is that there's like a year-long sunset period where agents who are using the Booge platform will move away to KV Core, which is a third-party platform. And then instead of technology workers working at Remax, they're basically going to outsource this work. And when you, you know, outsource work, that means you often have layoffs and they're laying off uh, 120 employees, 17% of their, um, you know, of their staff, which, you know, I guess as an aside is like for a company that's been around for 48 years and sort of like redefined residential real estate, you know, 120, 17%, you know, you do the mental math. That means they have, you know, just, you know, several hundred employees and, so they're actually like not that big of a company centrally. I mean, they have franchise networks, of course, that have their own staff and that kind of thing. And, but it shows you that even like when they did build up the, the Remax LLC part that they did, um, you know, they found it to be too much and, and they want to, you know, return to third party tech. And I think that we might be seeing a trend in terms of technology of brokerages kind of rethinking how much they want to invest in tech and how much they want to, I guess, own tech as opposed to just being like, this is necessary, but this isn't like why we got into business to build like apps. Like, um, you know, Douglas Elliman, they were pretty candid last year when they started, you know, breaking off from Vector and becoming more of like a, kind of their own thing of being like, look, we're Douglas Elliman, we're a real estate brokerage, we're not a tech company, we're not, you know, this is not, you know, something that we're going to do in house. And Ryan Gorman, the Caldwell Banker president, and sort of a, a face of the anywhere brokerage conglomerate was basically like, I think he said at an Inman conference, like, it's a nightmare to build your own tech in house. And, and now we have remit Remax doing this move to third party tech. And I, and I think it's a sign that when, you know, austerity measures need to be on the table, that maybe one of the first things to go is this notion that real estate brokerages can double as tech companies. Yeah. I mean, and Wall Street is no longer, um, you know, recognizing these real estate companies as tech companies, as we can see by their, um, the way they're trading. But also we did a, um, a 10-year brokerage productivity study, and we talked to the brokers who, this was 731 firms who had been on the Realtrends 500 over the past 10 years. Um, we looked at their numbers, and we looked at their sales volume, transaction size, agent count, and um, agent productivity. And then we interviewed some of the top uh, brokers in each of those categories, not a single one of them credited technology as the reason for their success or even a portion of the reason for their success. Um, 
you know, they credit relationships, they credit, um, you know, systems and processes and plans uh, with recruiting, pertaining to recruiting and agent productivity. Um, and Steve Murray said, well, you know, obviously technology is important. You have to have some sort of platform, but it's table stakes. Um, so, you know, what have you heard out there? I know Compass has, I think, an over 1,000 person um, development team. So have you heard anything else um, out there as far as that trend toward not necessarily moving away from technology, but rethinking how you're providing it and what you're providing? Because agent, um, uh, you know, getting agents to use it hasn't exactly been easy either. Yeah, no, that's a fascinating survey. And it kind of goes against, you know, what Compass says is that tech is one of the top three you know, components of kind of like what, what makes an agent a successful agent. And I think that your point about Wall Street is a really important one because I think that back in January, we had this company in Arizona, HomeSmart, who filed a, a, an S1 prospectus, basically like, hey, everyone, we're going public. We're opening our books to you because we're very serious about going public. The whole prospectus is about them calling themselves a tech company, about saying how like real estate is like an old fashioned business or making it, you know, a modern business, that kind of pitch, the exact same pitch Compass had, the exact kind of way that Keller Williams a few years ago refashioned itself. We are basically a tech company. It's now what, uh, July, HomeSmart has not filed a single additional SEC statement besides like an amended S1. In April, Compass goes public last year. They are hoping to trade their shares at $24 to $26. Their shares right now have gone up recently, but they're trading at, um, I want to say about $4.60 as we record this. And basically, Wall Street is not giving these companies the valuations that they had hoped for. Another example might be Side. Side had said after they did a venture capital fundraise back last June, hey, we're going to go public. It's only a matter of time. Today, it's it's cricket. Side guy, gal won't even address the issue to me. Um, I tried to speak with him. So basically, Wall Street is like, no, you guys are real estate brokerages. And so I think that this reality is sinking in that, you know, nobody is buying the idea that these companies are tech shops. And, you know, I would say in defense of the brokerages, you know, when you mentioned that real trend survey, I mean, maybe agents, I don't want to say that they're taking for granted the developments that brokerages have made in the last few years, but maybe agents are now kind of used to the idea that their brokerage is going to basically for free, in some cases, provide them you know, a, a suite of modern tech products that are basically going to provide them, you know, a very user-friendly way to have a client lead list, to provide them a very user-friendly way to import MLS data onto their app. And so I think there's been an arms race um, in tech for, for brokerages that has really benefited agents. And right now we get to this point of differentiation and can any brokerage kind of say our tech is so much better than your tech that our agents are going to stay at this brokerage 
because our agents think that even though you're offering them a bonus or 90% commission split, they're going to stay here because our tech is so good. Our way of, you know, doing administrative support, moving a client over to a title person, you know, is so seamless that they're going to stay here even for less money because they're going to be more productive. And I don't think that any brokerage, maybe Compass is an exception, maybe there's another exception out there. I don't think any brokerage has reached the point where tech is such a differentiator that the agent is going to stay there if the other things don't match up. And I think maybe that's kind of what the Real Trends report is saying. But I guess what I would say is that at some point, brokerages kind of have to shrug their shoulders and be like, look, we're you know, we're spending millions of dollars on this stuff and the agents don't really seem to think it's that important. And, you know, we're still kind of at the mercy of the housing market. Like, like what are we doing here? Yeah. And, and the truth is that real estate is a relationship business. And, and when you look at the surveys about why agents stay with their brokers, they stay with their brokers because they they feel appreciated. They feel they they're getting the um, the tools they need. They have a relationship with their broker and with um, you know the managers in the office, and they feel valued. So um, you know, technology definitely plays a part. I have a hard time believing that an agent would actually only stay with a real estate company because their technology is so great. Because the truth is, they don't really get deep into the technology that they use. Um, you know, they're, they're busy selling real estate. They're busy building relationships. Um, and while the technology is important to help them do that, I, I just don't see a, a time where it would be so important that they wouldn't consider leaving for, for other reasons. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. Well, it's just such a, just to say something on that quickly, it's just such a high bar to set. I mean, like, sure, if you're like a software engineer, you might stay at a company because their technology you find distinctly superior. But if you're, say, you know, like imagine like a lawyer staying at a law firm because the, you know, way they can search for legal cases and like invoice their expenses is so much better than the other law firm's way of doing it. You know, I mean, in like, fields that aren't like tech focused fields it's just such a high bar to expect somebody to stay at a place because of their technology yeah great point um well matt our time is up and i really appreciate you uh joining the podcast today this was a great conversation yeah thanks a lot it was really fun good to talk to you tracy have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.